Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want to talk to you about commitment. I want to talk to you about service. You know, about six months ago, I was telling the first service, it's hard to say that today, it's actually the second service, first service, that um, God really laid this sermon on my heart about commitment and about service to the body of Christ. And um, not really allowing me to preach this sermon uh, just about four days ago, God spoke to me. I really, honestly, God spoke to me and um, encouraged me to write this sermon. So I started writing on Thursday, and I have been writing ever since uh, concerning commitment. There's so much to talk about. There's so much that we need to uh, look at. There is so much of our lives as believers that we need to reevaluate our priorities. Um, and even what better time than as we uh, gather uh, together and moving forward in 2017 to reassess our priorities and what it is that is important to us. Is Christ important to you? Is the word of God important to you? Is the body of Christ important to you? Is serving other people important to you? Because it should be, because you're a Christian. And so we're going to talk about that, and we'll see how long it takes us. We'll take a couple weeks. Today we'll just talk about one point, and then uh, we'll get to the other points. I'll give them all four of them to you today, and then uh, we'll talk about them as we move to uh, the coming weeks. I want to read you something. Listen, a cartoon showed a picture of a woman laying in her bed sick, obviously miserable, The kitchen sink was stacked with dirty dishes. A huge basket of clothes needing to be ironed was over in the corner. Two dirty kids needing a bath were fighting. Floors needed to be vacuumed. Tables needed dusting. A lady friend stood in the doorway, and the caption read, Well, Florence, if there's anything I can do to help, don't hesitate to let me know. (laughs) And I read that, and I thought to myself, you know, that's exactly the way some church folk are. Unfortunately, there's ministry to be done. People need prayer. People come to church and they need encouragement and the sanctuary needs vacuum. Then the toilets need to be cleaned. Y'all know they don't clean themselves. Say amen. 
Somebody has to clean them. Toilets have to be clean. The church has to be vacuumed. Things need to be dusted. Ministry needs to be done. New people are coming through the doors who need to be greeted. Children's ministry need to have people to serve the kids. We need parking help and security and greeters and ushers and all kinds of needs or dirty clothes in the corner, if you will. And yet people are coming every Sunday and essentially saying, hey, pastor, if there's anything I can do, don't hesitate. So I thought to myself, you know, let's start this new year talking about serving the body of Christ and the local church. Saints, listen to me. God wants each and every one of us to make a difference in the world. Somebody say amen. And many people get things twisted and get their priorities twisted and backward. They get involved in things that are outside of the church, making a difference, feeding the homeless, habitat for humanity. All of these things are good. But listen, all of that God-given gifting is to be used for the church and not for the world. It's to be used for the body of Christ. God has given us gifts. Every single believer, we have been over this. Every single believer has been given a gift for the profit of other believers. In other words, God did not save you so you can sit. God saved you so you can serve other saints. And just like there's no such thing as a non-functioning member of the human body, there's no such thing as a non-functioning member of the body of Christ. If God has saved you from your sin, he has called you to serve him in some way, depending on the gifts and the talents that God has given you. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to I'm going to give you right here. You got your pen. I'm going to give you four commitments for the local church. Again, we'll talk about just point number one today and then we'll cover the rest in the coming week or so. Uh, Point number one, four commitments. Got your pen Four commitments for the local church. Number one, we need to be committed to practice the one another's in the local church. We'll talk about that today. Committed to practice the one another's in the local church. You'll know what I mean in just a second. Number two, we're to be committed to use your spiritual gifts in the local church. Use your spiritual gifts in the local church. Number three, we're to be committed to submit to the Lord and the leadership in the local church. We'll talk about that. Number four, and finally, we're to be committed to support the mission of the local church. Committed to practice the one another's in the local church. Committed to use your spiritual gifts. Committed to to the Lord and the leadership, to submit to the Lord and the leadership. And finally, committed to support the mission of the local church. In your Bibles, Romans chapter 12. Did I have you turn there? Romans chapter 12. I told you I'm functioning on three hours sleep, right? So if I just start saying something and it makes no sense, uh, just say, that's okay, Pastor. We love you still. You are man. Amen. Romans chapter 12. Look at verse, uh, let's pick up in verse 4. Romans chapter 12, saints, we're looking at verse 4. Romans 12, verse 4. If you're looking at verse 4, say amen. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ 
and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to you, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to your faith. Or ministry, let us use it to our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who, verse 8, exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. There's one other verse I want to look at. I don't know. Did I get that verse for? Um, I did. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, Calvary Chapel, come on, read it with me. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's leave that verse there for a second. In other words, Paul writing the church at Ephesus says to the Ephesian Christians, we are not made to just consume, we are made to contribute. Write that down. We are not made to just consume. We are made to contribute. In other words, listen, saints, God has blessed each and every one of us, and God has called each and every one of us to be a blessing or to give back. And in the church, you give back by doing good works for others. Somebody once said, what matters is not how long you live, but how you live. What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. The Bible says we're created to serve. We're saved to serve. We're gifted to serve. We're shaped to serve. We're commanded to serve God. I love that. Now, before we go any further this morning, did you know, listen to this. I was doing some reading the last couple of days, and I was reading this article that made the point that in the last 50 years, listen to this, in the last 50 years, there's been a huge rise in people living together. Uh, we call that shacking up in old school. You know what I'm talking about? Shacking up, okay? People living together, or politically correct, domestic partners, domestic partnership. There's a huge rise in that. In the 1960s, one out of every 10 couples lived together. Today, six out of every 10 couples live together. More than half of the couples today decide not to get married because, listen, that tells us, and doesn't it tell us something about our, our culture? It does. It tells us biblical values like dedication and commitment and integrity are going downhill fast. And it also tells us that many people are uncommitted, undedicated, and just flaky. So the question is, why do people decide to live together? Well, I've heard all of the reasons why people decide to live together. I've heard people tell me that they uh, decide to live together because of financial reasons. Um, you know, it's cheaper to split the rent 50-50, whatever, financial reasons. Or one person told me they wanted to live together because they were afraid of the dark. And uh, they didn't want to, yeah, they were scared of the dark, and they didn't want to be alone. I'm like, okay, wink, wink, all right. I've heard all the reasons why people say they don't want to live together. Truth is, many want the benefits without the commitment. That's the truth. 
Many want the benefits without the commitment. And if things don't work out sooner or later, by the way, if you're living together, listen to me. This is a freebie. Sooner or later, if you're living together, sooner or later, it's not going to work out. Why? Because there is no commitment. And when there is no commitment, then it's easy to walk out. Where am I saying that? It's easy, it's easy to walk out. There's no commitment. Well, then as soon as you get in the fight, well, I'm out of here. Well, I'm out of here. That's how it happens because there's no commitment. And then it's easy because in, you know, if you file for it, there's no need to file for a divorce. There's no paperwork, no fuss, no must, no expense, nothing. It's easy. Let me tell you something. There are millions of Christians who attend church but are not committed members of the local church. I'm not talking about membership. Because we don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. Did you know? We don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. Honestly, I think that, uh, one, I don't see membership in the scriptures. Um, I also uh, feel that um, the church should be a place where people willingly want to be. And they desire to come to this place to be ministered to from this ministry platform And there's no need to sign up on the roll. There's no need to write down your name and, and, you know, you sign on the dotted line that you belong to me. You belong to this church. I mean, I've received letters from people who, like, have membership at other church. And when you leave, and y'all know what I'm talking about, when you leave, you have to get a letter of release, I guess, A letter of release. So people come to me and they go, Pastor Rodney, I'm just letting you know that I'm attending Calvary Chapel now. And here's my letter from my previous church. And um, and I just want you to know I'm here. And I uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And welcome and so on and so forth. As soon as they walk out the door. That's the shredder. What am I going to do with it? You don't need membership. I'm not, listen, if you are not a member of the body of Christ and you are not a born again, baptized believer in Jesus Christ, then you can't be a member of the church because being a member of the church means that you're a Christian. And we're talking about the universal church made up of all believers. Everybody who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, you already are a member if you're a believer. No need to sign up on the roll. So I'm not talking about membership. I'm not talking about membership. I'm talking about commitment. There's your word for today. Commitment. Commitment. Millions of Christians want to live with the church, but they don't want to get married to the church. They want the benefits like hearing the word of God and worship and and have a pastor. If they die, somebody to bury them and You know, if uh, you need marriage counsel, uh, you can go to the pastor and there's a pastor there to pray with them, maybe at the hospital or something. But 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 they don't want the responsibilities or the commitment that comes along with uh, being a part of a church, like serving faithfully and giving financially. They don't want commitment, commitment. To the local church means sacrifice. It means time. It means energy, whether you feel like it or not, saints. Point number one, and then we're done. Committed to practice the one another's in the local church. Let me just say two things here. Number one, the local church is the only hope for the world. Can I get two people to say amen? The local church, I'll wait while you clap your hands there. I really believe that. I really believe that the local church is the 
only hope for the world. And secondly, the local church is a part of your spiritual growth. It's the hope of the world because the church is the steward of the transforming word of God. God has entrusted this book. Hear me. God has entrusted this book to somebody like me and you. Amen. To tell people of the goodness of God and to share the word of God and to open up this holy book and tell people of, 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 of Jesus who loved them and died for them. We are the stewards, and I use these words very specifically, we are the stewards of the transforming power of the word of God. And that's a huge responsibility. It's the hope of the world. Somebody once said, there's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the brokenhearted. It builds bridges and opens arms to the forgotten, downtrodden, and disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions and frees the oppressed and offers belonging and fellowship to the marginalized of the world. The church is a part of your spiritual growth. Not only is it the hope of the world, but it's the part of your spiritual growth. Uh, we've all heard people say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, listen, that's true, but that's not God's plan. It's God's plan that you go to church. Somebody say amen. And that you grow spiritually in the church. It's the job of the minister or the pastor to plant the seed of the word of God by teaching the word. A pastor is a seed caster. A pastor, the seed is the word of God. So each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday, my job is to take the word of God and throw it. And it's the job of the Holy Spirit to take the seed of the word of God and plant it in each individual heart and water it. And that's why a vast audience like this can hear the same message and walk away with something completely different. Because it's the Holy Spirit. Are y'all, y'all awake? Y'all all right? Y'all stayed up too late last night? I'm the one who got three hours sleep and I'm wide open. Amen. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to take that seed and plant it in your heart and then he waters it and, and you, everybody gets something different. My job is not to make sure that you get saved. My job is not to make sure that you understand and that you receive it. Well, yes, there's an aspect of understanding in the teaching. I got that. But the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Honestly, let's keep it real. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. My job is to simply cast the truth of the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to take that seed and to plant it in your heart. And that seed should bring forth fruit and grow in your life. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Think about it like this. When you think about spiritual life, you think about growth. Listen, life in any form is equal to growth, and growth is evidence of life. You plant a seed in the ground, and it grows to a full-sized plant. You have a small puppy in your house, and it grows to a full-grown dog. You have a baby in your house, and it grows to become an adult. 
that needs to move. <laughs> life is equal to growth. And where there's life, there's growth. Where there's growth, there's life. It's God's plan that you grow to full maturity, spiritual maturity in the church, and then you move on from being a baby that needs to be fed to someone who can feed. Understand something, saints. The church is God's idea, not man. The church is God's idea. I wish y'all wake up. The church is God's idea, not man. Jesus said, upon this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. Gathered together in a church setting, a gathering setting, I will be. We are not independent. We are interdependent on one another. We're not to live a life of isolated individualism. Jesus sees us as individuals and collective. When you're saved, you're an individual, and then you're placed in a group. And according to scripture, we need to be meeting together and gathering together in a group. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. We need to be gathering together as a church. Now, the Bible, listen, has a lot to say. Interesting Bible study. The Bible has a lot to say about one another's. In the New Testament, there are six one another's negatively and 26 one another positively. Six negatively, six positively of the one another's. In other words, negatively, don't challenge one another. Don't complain against one another. Don't devour one another. Don't envy one another. Don't judge one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't speak against one another. Negatively, positively, accept one another. Admonish one another. Bear one another's burdens. Bear with one another. Build up one another. Care for one another. Comfort one another. Confess your sins to one another, encourage one another, fellowship with one another, greet one another with a holy kiss, honor one another, be hospitable to each other, humble yourselves toward another, be kind and love and be members of one another, pray for one another, be at peace toward one another, have the same mind and seek after that which is good and serve one another and show forbearance to one another and stimulate one another and be subject teach and be tender-hearted toward one another to get the point god wants us christian folk to be about one another and in these one another's y'all stay with me i'm not gonna keep you long in these one another's god is telling us that there will be problems from time to time with one another and that's why some of the one another say, forgive one another, be tenderhearted toward one another, be kind and tolerate one another because we are family. Huh? We are family. And as a family, like all families, you have problems in your family. That's just called family. Amen. I was trying to get deep and profound, and then it just brought me back to family. We family. Every we're just family. We we're family. Well, Sister Sledge sang the song. We are family. It's true. I got all my sisters with me. 
Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we are family. And sometimes, family, you can't pick your family. Amen. So I bet you wish you could, but you can't. Uh, you can't pick your family. It was Chuck Swindoll who said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. And that's true. To live below with saints we know, it's sometimes difficult to deal with family. But the Bible doesn't ask us to love one another. The Bible commands us to love one another. A third grade Sunday school teacher was given a Bible study lesson on the commandment, honor thy father and mother. And she asked the question, does anyone know a commandment for your brothers and sisters? And a little girl raised her hand and said, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes it isn't easy loving your family but we should be about one another. Hebrews tells us, don't forsake. Let me have that verse back again, if you will, please. Don't forsake to assemble yourselves together. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.